welcome to the RDK Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Walker, and today I'm joined by Ashwani Sagal, the Vice President of Broadband PU at Technicolor. Pleasure to have you here with us, Ashwani. How are you doing today? Good to be here, Jamie. Nice to be here. Looking forward to this podcast. Definitely. It's definitely one I've been excited for. So let's jump right into it. Um, for anybody who isn't aware, could you tell us a little bit about what Technicolor do and your role within the business? Sure. So Technicolor is the worldwide leader in broadband CPE market. We have number one market ship share in the world, and we serve our customers throughout the world, including all the tier one, tier twos in all the geographies. And myself, I am uh, leading the broadband product management and strategy team in uh, Technicolor, where my responsibility includes uh, defining and executing on a roadmap for all our broadband customers worldwide. Wow, wow. So a, a big remit, right, within the business. Um, but your journey within RDK, it started in 2010, so we're going to rewind the years back. How did you get involved in such a project? Sure. So I'll take you back down the memory lane, like you mentioned. So back in 2010, uh, I was part of the Cisco team of uh, defining the CPEs for the service provider market. This was before the Technicolor acquired the Cisco CDBU in 2015. So back in 2010, uh, we were working with uh, teams in Cisco to define uh, a routing stack for uh, CP, uh, broadband CPEs that were based basically on three key tenants, Jamie. One of the tenants was use already what you have, right? So in that regard, we uh, worked and scouted the market and saw that the Linux distribution already provided a foundation of a routing stack which was available to the market. So we decided on leveraging the open source of Linux distribution as the basis of the stack. And then what we did, the second tenant was use what enhance what you have got already to address the market that you are going into. So the Linux distribution was open source, but it was not hardened and was not robust enough for service provider market. So the CCSP team, the CCSP stands for Common Client Software Platform, which is the foundation of RDK, was enhanced by having innovative uh, design improvements like DBus in having data models like TR181, so we could address the needs of the service providers, which were very different from the retail and the uh, open Linux uh, foundation uh, requirements. And then the third tenant is basically develop once and you, you reuse it multiple times, right? So we architected CCSP in such a way that the software architecture could be used on multiple products, multiple SOC vendors, including single core, dual core, quad core platforms, so that once we develop this stack, we can reuse across the board. So that's how the CCSP got founded in 2010, Jamie. And we worked on four years on hardening the stack and adding uh, uh, requirements for service providers. And, back, and then in 2014, when we were working very closely with Comcast and RDKM, uh, we got an opportunity to open source the CCSP stack for the betterment of the community and have this available 
to be further developed and further adopted in the world. Wow. Wow. So I guess my, my question to you on that, right, 2010 to 2014 was probably a lot of blood, sweat and tears, right? A lot of trial and error. Um, what was your most enjoyable part of that R&D phase? Sure. I think the most enjoyable part of this phase was to see the product, in this case, CCSP evolve in from something that was addressing a market in isolation and then having the whole feature set and whole robustness to address the service provider market, which had a very different uh, and more, uh, I would say, uh, robust uh, requirements to be addressed, right? So that was for me was the most uh, gratifying part of to see the stack mature and be deployed in a product in the field in service provider before we open source it. So on a side note to that, CCSP was first deployed in the field in Comcast networks back okay. in uh, 2014, 2015, before we started uh, making this a foundation of RDK. Okay, okay. So I guess then Ashwani, for somebody like yourself who's been involved with RDK since the start, if you were to simplify RDKB to somebody perhaps who's only just learning the ropes or indeed knew nothing about it at all, how would you explain it to the average day-to-day -day person? Okay, so I think the way I would go about explaining RDKB is think of RDKB as a, a middleware which abstracts your hardware and your functionality of the box to and abstracts in such a way that it's the common glue that now provides a, a service which is ubiquitous to all the users of that device. Yeah. So think of it as uh, I will give an analogy of smartphones, right? So as you know, in smartphones today, even though they are phones, we use the smartphones for everything else except calling, right? So calling and texting, and I'm from the generation I used to still have the dial-up uh, phones at home, but my kids, they rarely call, right? But we still call them smartphones. So what the smartphone industry has done is they have, and there are two major camps, as you're very well aware, the Android camp and the Apple iOS camp, right? So they, they have abstracted the hardware, which is the phone, which has the camera, which has the the speaker, which has the microphone, and they have adapted, they have abstracted with a layer called either Android or iOS, where people can then develop applications, right? We are very well familiar of online banking, Facebook, social networking. So that platform is now open through either uh, Apple Store or Android Store for people to develop applications and run it on those uh, platforms. So think of RDKB as doing a similar, uh, providing a similar uh, avenue for uh, the broadband subscribers and broadband operators, uh, sorry, uh, because today, as you know, Jamie, the speed and the bandwidth that the operators are providing are becoming table stakes, right? And there was a time when even hundreds of megabits of uh, speed and bandwidth were uh, considered uh, quite, uh, I would say, impressive. Today, we are going to gig speeds and 10 gig speeds. So the speeds is table stakes. Now, what differentiates one service from the other 
is the user experience and the additional value-added services that the operators can put on their devices uh, to generate additional ARPU to have stickiness with the customer. And this is where RDKB plays a key role because it standardizes the interface uh, for both the low-level APIs and the high-level APIs. So we abstract the hardware, but we provide a platform for the value to be added on these gateways. That's it. And it's this platform, right, that's integrated into all of these different devices, right? That is um, but look, I, I'm going to move away from RDK a little bit and talk about you. So you transitioned over from Cisco to Technicolor in 2015. Tell us about your leadership role evolution and how you've got to where you are today. Sure. So just a little history. Uh, when Technicolor acquired the Cisco's CDBU division, Cisco's CDBU division was very strong in the cable infrastructure. And this is where our interaction with RDK and, and Comcast first uh, blossomed, right? And when the two teams came together, Technicolor had a strong presence in the telco world where it was based more on the copper, fiber, as well as some 4G, 5G technologies, right? So when we brought the teams together, one thing that we quickly realized that the broadband space was fastly moving towards a more, I would say, access agnostic um, uh, landscape where people were more interested, like I mentioned, uh, in speed and bandwidth as stable stakes than user experience, right? So irrespective of how the people are getting their broadband, whether they're getting on cable via DOCSIS, whether they're getting on copper with DSL, whether they're getting through wireless with 4G. So when the two teams came together, I got to see the other aspect of the broadband business and started to think how we can leverage what we have done with RDKB on the cable side and extend that to the other markets of broadband CPEs. And in that, I was uh, responsible for a telco product unit uh, back in 2018-2019. So two years I was leading the telco uh, product unit along with the global CPE uh, cable unit so we could have uh, synergies across the architectures and across the, uh, our offerings to the operators so they can have a consistent uh, user experience across their uh, multiple uh, networks. Wow, wow. So quite a journey for yourself, right? Not alone in, in, in just RDK, but also the transition over from Technicolor to, to where you are today. Um, and that probably leads on to our next question, right? Where Technicolor have been leading uh, the RDKB deployment for quite some time. You've recently announced that you have made over 20 million deployments worldwide, which is, which is huge. How have you been able to continue at such a rapid growth? Right. So, yeah, thanks for the acknowledgement. Yes, there was a big milestone for both us and RDK management to have 20 million units and counting. So we are not stopping here, Jamie. We're going to continue on this uh, path. And I think one thing we have realized that if you have a good, uh, like I started with the three tenants at the beginning of the podcast, I think we have quickly realized that if you get behind an open software platform like RDK, if you 
continue to harden, continue to make contributions back to the community, continue to upstream your contributions, the product collectively gets better, right? So as it has evolved from 2014 early days now to 2021, the RDKB today looks very different for than RDK was in 2014, even though it has the same foundation, same architecture, but it is far more enhanced. It has capabilities, like I mentioned, to support multi-access technologies. It has capability to support IOTs like uh, devices like cameras and security at home. So RDK has evolved. So what we are seeing is that the adoption rate of RDK, e, RDK in the market is also accelerating. And that for us, getting behind RDK as our default stack for all our broadband gateways is helping us secure the market share. And we just want to continue to see that growth. That's it. And I've mentioned it before, but innovation is the core being behind the acceleration of RDK, right? And having that platform to innovate for everybody to take apart and add to it. 20 million deployments are soon going to be 30, 40, 50, right? And it's, it's been an exciting 11 year journey for yeah. you. Um, but where we are today, I'd be very intrigued to know where either yourself, Technicolor, or just RDKB in general will be in a few years' time. Can you give us your proposal on that? Sure. Uh, I think what, where I see, uh, if I have a crystal ball, I think what I, I see happening is RDKB getting adoption in more and more technologies and operators. I'll give you an example. Like till now, I mentioned the telco and the cable when the acquisition first happened. We are quickly seeing that the lines between a telco operator and a cable operator are blurring, right? They are becoming broadband operators. And more specifically, they are becoming a user experience operators, right? So I always give an analogy when I try to explain to my kids or my wife who are not in the technical field that they are not very interested how the pipe comes into the home, right? As long as the broadband pipe comes into the home, which is a reliable pipe, and then the pipe is distributed in the home in such a way which is seamless to the user, they don't really care how that is coming, right? So what I see is that as the broadband uh, operators are into new technologies like 5G, 5G is new technology which is uh, currently being used mostly for the handset market, but we see that on the horizon as an alternative, a viable alternative to wireline technologies of uh, fiber and doxis. So when 5G is going to become a technology for people to get internet at home, they would like to have same kind of user experience, whether it's uh, talking to their gateway, having a voice, uh, far field voice interaction, having uh, a smart Wi-Fi which adapts to the people's use uh, cases in the home, and especially for the last uh, year that we have seen challenging years with COVID, Jamie, where more and more people working from home, doing remote learning, doing uh, remote work, as we are having this call today, we see a need for these operators to provide a service and user experience, which is WAN agnostic, 
and also not only just uh, the applications that we know today of video conferencing, browsing, gaming, but also for the applications that we haven't thought of or which is on the horizon, including AR, VR, and other technologies that are on the horizon. So I'm expecting that RDK is a platform that continues to evolve and we continue to have innovations from uh, folks like ourselves and that community of RDK to keep enhancing this to support all these newer technologies. So people at home have this experience that they can say, aha, I'm, I'm getting this experience without any uh, need of understanding the technology and more importantly for the operators, right? Like uh, one of the tenants I mentioned, develop once, use multiple times, right? So if folks have decided or uh, have invested in RDKB today, suppose for a wireline uh, technology like DOCSIS or fiber, right? And tomorrow, one of those technologies then suddenly have uh, a wireless technology like 5G has a better ROI, right? So some operators say, okay, now I want to switch my customers to a 5G gateway, right? They don't want to redo or reinvent the wheel that they have done for cable and fiber. So they would like to reuse majority of the work on RDK platform from those WAN technologies into a 5G, right? Mm. So then, then RDK becomes a de facto platform for 5G devices at home too. So that's an example. So I see, you know, 11 year journey has been very exciting and we have been gaining uh, quite a lot of ground, but I see much more, uh, future adoption and market share gains going forward, Jamie, for RDKB. Absolutely. I fully agree with you. And I think, sat in my position, I'm very excited to see Technicolor's journey, but also your journey with the growth of this as well. And I'm sure when we have a, a, another episode in the future, we'll be talking about those advancements that you have made. But Ashwani, it's been an absolute pleasure discovering more about you and your involvement with RDK. Just for our listeners, where can they find you online? You can go to technicolor.com and you will find all the contact information there for reaching Technicolor. And I thank you for your time, Jamie. No problem, Ashwani. It's been a pleasure. And guys, please make sure that you follow us using the handles at the RDK podcast on both LinkedIn and Twitter. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you get notified every time we release a new episode. But until then, take care and let's continue the conversation.